0: Amen Amen. Hi guys, morning, great to see you. Fantastic. Wow that was. That was amazing worship. Isn't it fantastic when we get to worship God? we get to, we get to know the living God. Wow. He's alive this morning, that he's for us and you know every day we wake up to that, the, the goodness of God and His greatness. OK. So the mandate for today is that Kevin is going to cover strategies for prayer and intercession based on Scripture. Sounds good. Uh, the aim will be to unite MCC and wider church in envisioning the same strategy for interceding for Middlesbrough and Teesside. Fantastic. So, have you got a moment just to stand up? Will that be okay? Can I? Brilliant. That's great. It's just so I can see who's from what church, actually. I just went. If you're from MCC, take a seat. <laughs> great. So, who else have we got? So, what church are you at? TVCC. Anybody else from TVCC here? Hi, guys. Take a seat. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> awesome. Um, Teesside Vineyard. Yep, Teesside Vineyard. Right. And Jubilee. Jubilee. And fantastic. Is that everyone? Brilliant. That's great. Um, church leaders. Church leaders here this morning stand for a moment. <laughs> Everybody look at Miles. Um, so, and so what's your name? Jamie. Jamie. And whereabouts are you from? Uh, MCC. Oh, MCC, right. You're part of the team. team. Team, team, team. So no other church leaders. I'm just getting an, an, an understanding of who we're with this morning. Yep, yep. Okay, brilliant. So we're going to do about uh, travel at about um, 30 minutes per every half hour or so, and we're looking to try and get three and a half hours or so into a couple of hours today. So let me tell you a little bit about my story. So I came to faith in Christ, um, well, I okay, first of all, I'm married to Ruth, by the way. Uh, I've got four children, Anna, Sam, Josh, and Nathan. We have three grandchildren, Faith, Levi, and Elia, and I had the privilege of staying with them overnight, and uh, yeah, just grandkids are great fun, aren't they? Um, I came to faith in Newcastle, Newcastle Med School, I was brought up in sort of Catholic background, um, had all sorts of dreams and stuff when I was a young kid about the age of five, knew about God, but I wouldn't say I had a personal relationship with Him, went to Newcastle Med School, met Christians and thought, ah, these are just the people I've been waiting to meet, fantastic, here they are, and they talk about the Bible and introduced me to the Bible, and I sort of started to grow in faith, very intellectual faith, and then I went through depression at medical school, and somebody gave me a book called Chasing the Dragon by Jackie Pullinger. I suppose a few people might know that book. Changed my life. I started to read about miracles, people speaking in tongues, I "I need this, I need this. And so I I went to a meeting and some people prayed with me, my life changed overnight. All these scriptures I'd learned kind of dropped down and it was like things became three-dimensional in terms of hearing God and experiencing Him. And I felt a real call to pray, pray for the whole residence I was in. Malachi 3.10 says about, you know, bringing one-tenth uh, of the, uh, bring your tithe into the storehouse, and felt at that time to pray one-tenth of my time for this hall of residence and other people joining in prayer as well. And over the next six months, a quarter of the hall came to faith. Um, Leads of the National Front got saved. Leads the Anti-Nazi League got saved. We saw miracles. Um, I'd only been filled with the Holy Spirit a few months. Clearly, some people were manifesting demonic situations and things. Um, people have miracles who are unsaved and didn't come to faith, but that spurred me on that, okay, if you can pray for a whole residence, what happens when you pray for a town? What happens when you pray for a city? What happens when you pray for an area? What happens when you start to speak to the living God about actually moving in an area? Rather than just doing, how do you talk to Him first, hear His voice, and see that change regions? And so, we moved to Carlisle. Um, if God called me to Carlisle, and to cut a longer story short, I felt like God wanted to raise up prayer for the city, and that's what he just said: pray for the city. And so I just thought, hey, this will, be, this will be easy. There'll be about ten churches out there, nine or ten churches, and everybody will want to pray together. Well, it wasn't quite like that, actually. This is when I was 25 or something. So this naivety. Actually, not everybody believed the same thing. I just didn't know that. Yeah, they had differences of opinions. And so, for about 18 months, I visited church leaders. All right, okay, they believed this and they believed that. And they wouldn't go into this building because of this and that. All right, it was quite a complex. Um, but I felt, you know, in the midst of that, Gobbard's was came out, bringing together particularly the charismatic and non-charismatic churches. So, I spent quite a bit of time with the leaders there and started a prayer meetings with those two companies. They would not go into each other's buildings, Leaders at the time. there things had happened, this is back in the 1990s, and so they wouldn't go into one another's buildings. We had prayer meetings to start with, where about 20, 30 churches would gather. Um, but I got leaders to lead the prayer meetings. No offense, but the leaders did a lot of talking and So they would talk a lot, and the prayers got a bit disillusioned. So the prayers stopped turning up, and the leaders thought, "I can talk longer." <laughs> it's like, "Okay, we need to do something about this." So we eventually went for leaders' prayer breakfasts, and the two, what were quite opposing organisations, sort of, the, what were charismatic and non-charismatic in, in that time, um, came together. Finally, one day, because we couldn't have breakfast in the building, because that would be that would be you know bias. We couldn't couldn't meet in the building. And the new church leader turned up and he got it. He went, Why are we paying for breakfast when we can meet in one of our buildings? And there was this sort of dissent on the room and everyone, Oh, yeah, we can do that. We can go into one another's buildings. We can have breakfast there. And, and so we started having leaders breakfasts. We started raising up prayer. And, and so we would have quarterly prayer. We would have one week of 24 7 prayer, about 1,000 hours of prayer. For the city going up, we would have um, leaders of the, you know, police would come along, chief constables, magistrates, and we would pray for them, head teachers, things like that. And perhaps one of our best evenings was uh, one of the drugs workers from the area came. And a lovely guy, so I have a medical background, and so I knew him, and so really an unbeliever, and he pre- presents all these stats about the drug situation in Carlisle, the roots of where it's coming from. On each, each meeting, we would say, oh, do, is it okay if I pray for you, or we pray for him, so we gather around and just praying for Mark. As we pray for him, about 15 miles down the road, a police car calls into a garage, just does a regular check on a car, and nearly half a million pounds worth of drugs on the way to Carlisle is broken in that moment. Headlines in the news the next day about it, and, and we as as a church at that time, we were invited to do things, the church of Carlisle, do things in the city center, set of worship, we barbecued, we fed the 5,000 over four days, giving away free barbecues, and kept being invited to come back and do things. So, um, and I, I, I'm not, let's not say revival has taken place in Carlisle, by the way, yeah? But this is, this is what I, I believe God wants to bring, you know, people together across areas, the church and and mobilise the church in prayer to see God move in the nation. Um, So, the greatest legacy, really, of Pray for the City, which I I handed over about ten years ago to to somebody else to to lead in that sense, was the bringing together of different churches. So, that's the sort of the the background story in terms of some vision and things. Tell you what, why don't you just have a few minutes chat around your tables, what would it be like for the church across Middlesbrough to gather together? You know, just have a few minutes, three or four minutes, what would it take? What would it look like to be able to gather for prayer? What would be the challenges? So, here's the questions, what would it look like? What would be the challenges? What would be the inspiration? Three questions, yeah? What would it look like? What would the challenges be? What would be the inspiration? what would spur you on? Yeah? Just have a quick chat on, on your tables. Okay guys, I know I haven't given you a lot of time, but part of the, today is stirring those questions. We want to go for, away from here, not just as information, but inspiration. Yeah? I want to be inspired to do things, you know, and, from, from God to be able to be on a mission. Um, let's leap from what it might look like. What are the challenges? What might be some challenges? Do we want to? Oh, this table over here would love to tell me what the challenges might be. Hello. Oh, and spokesman Helen. Fantastic. Great. Prayer styles. Prayer styles. What do you mean by that? Different prayer styles. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well. Yeah. So, different prayer styles, even the volume, okay, are we going to deal with that? You know, those over there, they're the sort of quiet ones, that like loud, noisy bunch over there or something, okay, yeah, Not, I wasn't blaming you. Um, Challengers, any other thoughts? Spokesperson? Uh, agree on what to pray for or agree on doctrine? Both. Both. (laughs) Goodness me, what are we going to pray about and what do we actually believe? So, those are big challenges. Uh, Your your table, Joyce, Jamie… Okay, so vulnerability, so different styles of prayer, agreeing, just making some notes
1: guys,
0: (laughs) different styles, agreement, vulnerability, any more to add from the marvellous back table there? Absolutely, Oh, oh, we have a voice, go for it. Is it Tracy? Ah, I thought so, hi Tracy.
2: giving permission and releasing people and to be sent out, not just for evangelism, but for gathering p- Christians in the workplace to pray together, and gathering communities of interest to pray together. And if we're gonna really shift atmospheres over cities, then we need to be sending out and not just relying on the leaders prayer meeting that does that. So it's about dispersing the responsibility and the permission.
0: So permission giving across the church that each one of us is sent, we've been called to go and getting that permission giving here. Yeah, so part of that starting in prayer, but we're going beyond that to mission. Permission for mission. Oh that sounds good. There
3: you Oh oh it's on permission really, because the yep. church leaders if um, my sister's a church leader in Teesside, and yep. she said to me, Joyce, you should be part of the church leaders. Prayer meeting. So I went okay. to Steve Sutton and asked if I could join. He said, Are you a church leader? I said, No, I'm an intercessor. He okay. said, Oh, well, I'm sorry, you can't join. Okay. So that bars me from that meeting. We'll talk well, about that. How do you get the intercessors in there? Right.
0: Good. Really good. Yep. Fantastic. Permission. These are amazing questions. <laughs> <Next door>. Yep. <laughs> yep. Great. Great questions. Leaders and prayers. Yep and and how they interact and relate hello
4: so um we were just talking about and it dovetails really with what tracy's table has said in that there are some really good things going on where the churches are meeting together Mm -hmm. but we're not necessarily communicating that to the full congregation and sometimes as a church leader especially i imagine of a much bigger church you have to decide what are we backing as a church what are we putting energy and resources into and you can't do that with everything but sometimes are we not putting the emphasis on the churches together thing so for example every quarter we do have a churches together teesside meeting um, but some people around the table had never even heard that that happened um, even though they obviously are interested in that type of thing because they're here today so from a from a church leadership point of view, do we need to be putting more of an emphasis on the things that are already happening?
0: Okay. So one, what are the priorities that we choose to do and two, how do we communicate that? Because yes. it's about priority and then communicating that so deciding what to do. Okay, got that. Yeah, great.
4: Well we've we've covered a lot of the we thought a lot of the same things, but um, this idea is not just um church leaders commission but us as individuals making that priority for prayer really because okay. we
0: get so busy don't we with things that's yep. yes yep so priority of prayer yeah. which is, is what we want to talk about do you want to add anything
4: uh, what we discussed here was just same thing miles discussed about choosing a prayer point to pray on what hmm. exactly do we want to agree to pray on yeah.
0: as a church yeah, what's the information that we're going to pray about? Brilliant, fantastic questions, great challenges, and these are all the challenges that come together when you're starting to um, work across a, a city or a town, and, you know, but it's part of the gospel being worked out, relationships, agreement, you know, communication, vulnerability, different styles, all part of that. Um, in Carlisle, one of the, the biggest challenges for vulnerability was bringing leaders together. When the leaders became vulnerable, had breakfast, fed them breakfast, kept them breakfast until <laughs> some more breakfast. <laughs> they do well on food, don't they, Miles? <laughs> just, just feed them breakfast. And then they realized they haven't got all, all got seven horns. We got to the stage where, so we started prayer meetings where I said, guys, um, charismatic guys, we're not going to speak in tongues in the meetings. Okay? We're going to compromise on that so that the non charismatic guys from total brethren, will come into the meetings. And so, there was an agreement on what to compromise on at that early stage there. And then we ended up with leaders' prayer meetings, where the guys speaking in tongues were quietly able to do that. Brethren guys over here don't believe it exists, but because they're our friends, it's fine. Folks who don't believe in women's leadership are coming into the room and praying with women's leaders, although they don't believe in it. It's just this phenomenal setting there of incredibly conservative churches as well as highly charismatic ones. And and uh, perhaps one of the greatest beauties out of that was the Brethren Church coming and saying, come and talk to us about prophecy. Come and talk to us about the Holy Spirit. We need you to talk to us about this. So, in the midst of that, I sent them some words and they wrote back and I said, we believe in prophecy or We've, we've heard about prophecy, but we've never seen it like this. Can we post it up in the church? Can we put your name on it? Can we talk about it? Can you come and talk to us as elders about the Holy Spirit and prophecy? And they were brethren guys. But one of the things that's really crucial here is language. The language across the church is really, any any people group that you're dealing with has a particular language and culture. And the language when we get to the roots, is not that different. Once we'd taken tongues out, put that to one side, all these groups wanted to hear God. Whether it was a charismatic, you know, we've got the prophetic going on, we've got prophecies and intercession, or whether it was a conservative, we saw a rainbow in the sky today and it reminded us of the promises of God. You know, we're hearing God, yeah? On the one hand, folks praying for healing and people with gifts of healing, the others would be, we're praying for healing, but the, the, the syntax, the context, but we're asking God to do it. There was a difference of, you know, one looking more to God to do it and more in the charismatic that actually that gift might reside powerfully in people. But the language was there for hearing God, for the miraculous, and if we could, if we took out that one area, the language, if we can get down to some of those language issues and get into relationships, Beyond just what, what, I noticed with some of the, particularly the church leaders' meetings, were that they, they sent repre- representatives along. They didn't actually turn up face to face. They didn't have time, so they sent representatives along. That's what's happening. Some of them. So when the a private city, no, you can't send a rep. You must turn up yourself, looking for senior leaders. There's one church offered <laughs> me any one of their twelve secondary elders, one of their seven deacons, one of their pre- no. And after seven years. They sent a senior leader with them, and it's just because it's about relationship, face to face. We can all send out our information, but when we get together, there's the, ah, oh, right, okay, oh, this is who you are, but that's a, a challenge, so relationships. So in that Carlisle setting, um, relationships were key to get breakfast together, build relationships, and then build vision out of that. Um, so time wise we're theoretically having a break in three minutes. Is that what we want to work towards? Or do we want to go <laughs> Mr. Pearson at the back is saying, roll, roll, keep rolling. <laughs> Hello. You asked three questions. Yes, I did. Oh yes, that you're <laughs> very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you're looking at building churches together, having a central theme such as the cross in twenty thirty three is a way of actually unifying churches. Okay. What are your thoughts on focusing on the cross for the next ten years? Yeah. As yep. an inspiration. What, what, what are my thoughts on focusing on that? Yeah, the. as an
2: inspiration okay. for getting the actual churches together.
0: Yes. Will that do? <laughs> I, I think it's great. Well, what we will do, we're going to move on to the foundations for vision, because that's 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 the fundamental thing. Okay, so foundations. So Ephesians two twenty. Yep. So you know, perhaps you know the scripture. Um, Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of His household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus Himself as the cornerstone. Oh, just to let you know, guys. So. I didn't bring along notes because it depended who was here today, what we might say and do, but I will provide notes if you want afterwards, and obviously you can listen to it again, but I didn't want to give you something that we didn't actually end up doing if we went off track and things, but I will alter these so that you can, I can make them available as well, but but scribble notes if you need to. Okay. So, So, God has a desire for an area. God has a specific word to an area in the Scriptures. God does never write; He never writes to St. Trinians, Middlesbrough, or Whirlwind Church, Teesside. He writes to an area: Galatians, Ephesus, the churches at the, uh, the Colossians. Yeah. So He writes to an area. So the scriptural principle is that God's word comes into an area. Ah. So if God's word comes into an area, how do we operate? as the church, trying to step into that. Now, Ephesians 2.20 talks about the prophets and the apostles, so the dynamics of foundation are prophetic and apostolic, okay? There's another Scripture, which is Ephesians 4.11, that talks about certain ministries, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. So, by definition, the church is apostolic, is prophetic is evangelistic, is pastoral, is teaching, is all of those things, but the foundations come out of the prophetic and apostolic, and we build, they're all important, but we build on a foundation. So when it came to pray for the city, I thought, like, oh, okay, there's, there's four values here. The prophets and the apostles brought vision, so the key element is to have a vision. So we're talking about vision, yes, the, the gent beside Miles there. Yeah. The the key element of bringing vision together, apostles and prophets had vision in common in the sense of, you know, so today that might be your your leaders, your senior leaders. I, I believe there are people who are apostolic, have a stronger leadership, pioneering leadership, but in every church situation, the leaders are the people who bring it down to ground, and then your prayers, your intercessors, your prophetic folks are bringing and hearing direction. It's not completely two groups like that, but we need that down. What did God say so that we can do it, and then we can build onto that pastoral stuff, teaching, evangelism, yeah? So, in terms of vision, the apostles and prophets had in common, they had a vision, they had wisdom and revelation, and we need to be able to bring together wisdom and revelation. So, just to go back to the question there about the prayers and leaders. This is a key relationship, and it's a relationship the enemy wants to destroy, distract, interrupt again and again and again, yeah? So, we need ways of actually integrating our prayers, our intercessors, the prophetic sense, so that we can hear what God wants to do, so that we can do it, yeah? If we're hearing stuff we're not doing, we're living a dream, And if we're doing stuff we're not hearing, we're running a business. So, we want to be hearing stuff and doing it. And the more those two cross over, ah, we've got the purposes of God, yeah? So, that's true in our individual lives, but it's true for a local church, and it's true for an area as well. So, we want vision. So, what's the vision going to be? What's the vision going to be for an area? And we'll touch on that just a little bit more. Secondly, so the, the four principles that came up with Pray for the City. One, vision. How do we envision people? How do we create a vision? Where's that vision going to come from with the leaders and prayers? Two, okay, so the apostles of the day were like the leaders. Okay, so they're really important people. They are, they are influencers. They're the influencers for the church and the city. So, how, how do we integrate vision implemented by those leaders? How do we grasp and grapple with those leaders? They're really important. And if the prophets of the day were people bringing prayer and intercession, how do we release the prayers? Because that must be foundational, releasing the prayers to change an area or change a city or change a town. And the other thing they had in common was unity. So, the vision for when we did this in Carlisle was a vision for a city implemented by leaders, undergirded by prayer on the basis of unity. Here, so there's four principles. A vision for the area, implemented by the leaders and influencers, the doers, undergirded by massive prayer on the basis of unity. So we need to find a vision. So what's the vision for Middlesbrough? What's the vision for Middlesbrough that's going to be implemented by leaders and influencers, undergirded by prayer on the basis of unity? So we need a corporate vision, you know, th- this is perhaps the obvious stuff, yeah, without a vision, the people perish, Proverbs 29, 18, yeah, but there can be barriers. If there's no vision, where, where are the visionaries, yeah? So let's, let's mobilize the vision, let's find the visionary, visionaries, yeah, are they in leadership gatherings, are they prophetic folks in Carlisle? So I would gather all the leaders that want, wanted to do this, okay? You need people who want to do it, okay? You don't need everybody. Perhaps I mentioned that later. You need the remnant. God uses a remnant. You know, that's what they did when they built the, the second temple, used a remnant. So we're looking for the core of people who want to do this. The remnant, if that makes sense, yeah? So if there's no vision, then we're not going anywhere. We're going around in circles. So that's a barrier we need to vision. If there's no corporate planning ahead, You need to prioritize time. So, the corporate planning ahead. So, what I I found in Carlisle was, all right, okay, so the leaders plan so far ahead, and then they have meetings. All right. So, we used to plan 12 to 18 months ahead, and then every church would book into those prayer meetings 18 months ahead. So, it was priority. So, any job that needs to be done needs skills, resources, time, and character. You need the skills to be able to do it, you need the resources to be able to do it, you need the time to be able to do it, And then the right heart and character, yeah? But because there were so many programs going on, okay, I I think we mentioned about, you know, communications and programs, getting leaders together was was key, and saying, like, get our diaries out, who's committed to this, right, this is what we're going to do in January, this is what we're going to do in May, this is what we're going to do after the summer, this is what we're going to do for Christmas, and that became a priority for all the church, about 20, about half the churches in the city that would be what we are going to do, and they planned their diaries around that and moved other things as much as possible. So it needs a priority of time. We can, we can learn skills, we can gather resources, but you need to prioritize the time to do it. If this is important, gathering a vision for an area, if it's important to pray, then let's make that a priority so it will set aside time to do that. So, if there's no vision, there's a problem, if there's no corporate planning, there's a problem. Um, so here's, here's one, Time, town-wide events planned by one church don't create ownership, okay? So eventually, so moving into this, we need to have town-wide events planned by various people so there's ownership from lots of people. Does that make sense? Yeah? So we've got a starter today when we're sort of gathering but it's common that one church sets up something and invites, but actually, how do you create an atmosphere where a number of churches, we've, we've, we've agreed to this. There's nothing better than we've agreed. I agreed I would go. I, I was part of it, and creating ownership. So, we need to create ownership if we're going to get massive prayer going and vision for an area. So, yeah, events planned plan just by one church won't, it won't get ownership. In that sense. The other thing which Miles mentioned, disagreements. So, yeah, disagreements. You know, sitting down with leaders, this was back in the 1990s, and they were very gracious to open up all sorts of issues. He said this, they did that, we don't believe this, um, we won't go into their buildings because of this and that. Um, but then the opportunity to bring together certain church leaders. Sit down with them and say this happened. Or you are still living through the pain of what happened to your church 20 years ago, and you're the leader carrying that pain. So we had churches that had planted out of churches under pain and had planted there was a whole sort of generation, if you like family tree of how churches had developed, and they were still living out of the pain of 20 years earlier. And so being able to bring together you know, a couple of the leaders who saw spiritual gifts very differently apologize, repent, and be able to build. That, that was massive, yeah, and there were a couple of big situations to be able to come alongside leaders, so disagreements, being honest and vulnerable about that. I'm laying the ground here because we need, I knew we need to get into the prayer and intercession here, yeah? but we need a corporate vision. Remember that, you, you, as I mentioned before, you don't need everybody but you do need the remnant. Nehemiah went out during the night with a few of his friends. He looked at the ruins to examine the ruins, to see what was going on, to make the decisions that were required to rebuild the area. So, who's the remnants that we're going to pull together? So, we need a vision. We need to gather the leaders and influencers. We need to have massive prayer, and we need to do it on the basis of unity. So, I know there's not many leaders here, so just to my, my belief is <laughs> leaders and influencers need to gather together who, what, when, where, building face-to-face relationships so that decisions can be made. That's not a big conversation for here in one sense, but it's, it's crucial. And let's touch base just on that unity thing, and then we'll turn everything else over to prayer and intercession. So, unity is a platform, it's not a final goal. Sometimes, people are pursuing unity for the goal of unity. That in itself has the possibility of causing compromise. So unity for unity's sake is not a goal. So we have unity in the Spirit, Ephesians 4.3, we can talk about Psalm 133, you know, the blessing of God, Him bestowing His blessing in the place of unity, but it's a platform when there's oneness, this means we can go somewhere. If you're in a car journey, you're all in agreement. This is where we're going. There's oneness. It's not. oh, we've all got in the car. It's great. We're all in the car. We like the car. It's a lovely car. Look at the colour of the car. It's even got a gear stick. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Actually, no. We're going somewhere we're on a journey. So sometimes there's a pursuit in an area for unity as the goal. Actually, unity has to be a platform for going somewhere. So you have to establish what the basis of your unity is. And this, yeah, the church is inclusive and exclusive. So it's inclusive; it invites everybody, but it's also exclusive. So establishing what the basis of unity is. So the Church of Carlisle, have 49 churches to liaise with. That's, that's okay, and so. I was clueless. I remember Clive Calver coming to all the meetings. He used to lead Evangelical Alliance. He came to a, a church meeting once. And he was really helpful. He said, There's different types of church, you know. I thought, Yeah, I don't know that now. <laughs> there's a lot of them, <laughs> all sorts. And he said to me, He said, he said, There's liberal church. All oh, right, OK. So they don't believe everything in the Bible. Oh, that's really. This is me in my mid 20s. He said, There's Anglo Catholic church, which is really high church. And then there's the charismatic and non charismatic. Oh, that's really, really helpful. And so I was able to work with the, particularly with the charismatic, non-charismatic church. I felt God had spoken to me through Ezekiel 37, 15 to 28 about bring the sticks of Israel and Judah together and work with these different guys. And, and somebody gave me a book. Reverend Bean from the Church of Nazarene, which I thought was, thought was a great name, yeah, he gave me a book uh, by David Pawson called The Fourth Wave. And so this is about three years into doing this. I was reading through about the the, this David Pawson talking about the coming together of the charismatic and non-charismatic movements. So, wow, this is amazing. And on the final page was this prophecy from Ezekiel 37, 15 to 28, so wow, about bring the sticks of Israel together and the stick of, of Judah. And so that's what we, we saw happen in, in Carlisle, um, as I say, and we were able to build beyond that. Now, I haven't talked a lot about prayer yet. What we're just doing is just laying some foundation of some of the challenges and difficulties. We're going we're to basically take a coffee break. So, the, the summary of this is, um, God is a word for the area, so how do we establish that? God is a, a vision, so we want a, a vision for the area. What's the vision going to be for Middlesbrough? Yeah. How are we going to mobilize a group of leaders and influencers with the doers? How are we going to get them, uh, how are we going to get massive prayer release that's in relationship with those leaders and how we're going to do it on a unity basis. Okay? So why don't we have coffee? Yeah. You can talk about that amongst yourselves. You can come and chatter and let's get back together in 15 minutes. Christopher. Chris. Even <laughs> that's good. Okay, cool. Should we just spend a few minutes in prayer? Gather around your tables. Just start praying into this stuff, be good to pray on a day about intercession and warfare, <laughs> yeah? So, so folks want to gather on the tables, just turn, turn to one another, and I'm not going to tell you what to pray. We've talked an awful lot already. Let's just allow like the Holy Spirit to, to lead us on some of those aspects of, of praying. Yeah, He says, nearly telling you what to pray. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, just let's just go, pray. Five minutes, let's just pray into this, okay? Okay, folks, it's yes. just good to commit that to, to God, and that's it, okay, so these, these principles apply to any individual church. What's the vision? You know, implemented by the leaders, Undergo by prayer, on the basis of the unity, so it applies to any individual church church. In fact, God speaks into business as an organization. What's the business of the organization? How is it implemented by their leaders? What are the inspirers? They may not have prayer, and what's the base of unity? God spoke about in the Scriptures how to release organizations, how to evangelize and reach more people, how to instruct and teach, how to care for the people in your organization. It's all there in in Scripture in that sense, yeah? So, just some thoughts. I was just, yeah, I was thinking about um, just as we were talking there. I remember... Louis Palau was invited to Carlisle. I was like, wow. I said, the leaders were up for this. And I'd never, I didn't hear much about it. And about three weeks before, I so, so where are the prayer meetings? Oh, we haven't got any. No prayer meetings. You're going to invite one of the biggest voices on the planet. No prayer. No, he didn't think of it. Wow. So, so I, I, when I set up a prayer meeting about two weeks ago, about 20 people turned up, no no leaders. So said, okay, you know, I just, so I, I that sounds critical. It's um, trying to be constructively critical here. Yeah. Unless we pray, you know, talk to God about man before we talk to man about God. That's what we've got to do first. We've got to talk to God about man before we talk to man about God. And I s- suppose just I felt like God's saying you're going to see the fruit of the prayers, and then there wasn't much fruit came out of that. But that's why it's really important to root in prayer. And it's really important to understand that and I say this, you know, leaders and prayers are wired differently. So the leaders are often your pioneers wanting you to do things, and so you need your prayers as, as well, and they're wired differently. You know, just going back to some of those early meetings where leaders wanted to talk and organize things, and the prayers, so you, you've got to understand those two different groups and how they work together or, or don't work together. But we need to, you know, create those relationships there. Let's just talk about those different styles. So people mention different styles then. So there are different styles, okay? So so I ran this for twenty years. And when people came to the meetings, I would say, so this is not gonna be anything like your meeting. It may be your building but somebody's sitting in your seat. The coffee won't be served at the same time, the worship will be different. You might not know the songs, but we hope that you do. The person beside you is not the person who usually sits beside you and trying to help people embrace everybody has to give in this moment. Because it affects that even just sitting in a prayer meeting, it's not my building, it's not being done the way we want. This isn't usual. We usually have longer worship, we usually have louder worship. And even talking to worship bands, so setting up corporate prayer meetings, talking to the worship band, we've got this new song. Oh no, I do it. <laughs> It's really good. It just came out last week. And I'm thinking, nobody knows it. Please don't. So trying to. You know, work with the worship bands. I know this sounds, you know, like it might be going back a bit. Can we have some songs? Everybody will know. We need to get these people into worship. We need something that everybody will know from the moment they come in. We've got two hours together and it starts at the moment they come through that door, and that everybody recognizes that they're in, not in an unusual meeting, even if it's their own building, and they've got to be able to get into worship and use songs that they will know. And that that was probably one of the biggest challenges, because worship is very prophetic, they want to bring something new, and there was one occasion when they totally changed it on the night, it's so, try like, not, try not to get not to get worked up about that, Um, and people didn't know the songs well. So, it's just simple things like that that we're making one another comfortable when we gather together in in worship and in prayer. And different styles, different styles are just a phenomenal way of experiencing and expressing God and understanding who He is, from contemplative to, if you like, loud, charismatic, yeah? That liturgical stuff, what's the prayer for Middlesbrough? Who's going to write the corporate prayer for Middlesbrough that we can all pray? Our Father in heaven who loves Middlesbrough, holy is your name, yeah? Let your kingdom come across this town, let your will be done across Middlesbrough, across the colleges, across the hospitals, across the schools and the authorities. People get a liturgical prayer, they get behind it. We know, you know, the Lord's Prayer, so write a prayer. You know, that actually, or gather some people, that creates vision in itself. So, uh, I know you've got thoughts of sort of mission and things, but people having a sort of corporate prayer to pray is something that really, is really powerful, everybody announcing it all at once. So, sometimes we can look down on the liturgical side and… You know, where it's just, it's just routine and things. Actually, there is something about everybody proclaiming. That's what we, in the in the charismatic group. That's what we do in the worship, isn't it? We're all proclaiming it in the worship, but turn that into liturgical prayer in that sense. You know, a, a common prayer creates vision. So if you're doing an event, you know, send you know, get get a group of people you know, who agree on a on a prayer. We're all going to pray this. You'll send it out. Uh, We're all going to pray it at 10 o'clock on Saturday, create corporate vision by sending it out to different people, different churches, so different styles. So, we would do different styles, create liturgy, write prayers that we could all use. Um, We had one section in our prayer meeting, so our prayer meetings would be, you know, different elements of Kingdom Life sharing stuff, you know, the uh, city Leaders would come in and, and share stuff, but then we'd just get prayer requests from all, all sorts of different churches to post them all the way around the, the, the room. Three or four prayer requests, so people were praying for different churches, different ministries across the city. You know, Carlos has got OM and YWAM and things like that, and so people were real. Oh, I didn't, didn't know we had this. Didn't know we had that. Yeah. So it was an opportunity for people to go around and pray with one another, and and we created a you know, sort of. 24 7 type prayer space. So on our prayer evenings, it would be worshiping on songs that we knew, Um, one or two inspiring sections where somebody had set up an alpha on their street and was seeing people being saved. And so we do an interview with somebody who's doing that or some other initiative in the city. But then people just go off into prayer spaces, creating visual prayer. So different styles of prayer, you know, from liturgical to very loud, from contemplative to charismatic, just embracing those different styles of prayer is really, really important, so find ways of releasing the prayers. Um, The vulnerability, which was mentioned, I think vulnerability, I think, starts with with leadership, actually, just that, if we can be vulnerable, if we can understand past history, Doctrinal differences and things, if we're talking about a a corporate events across the city. So that you know for a church to be engaged, it's going to require that leadership to feel comfortable to come into that. Um, yeah, okay. Let's move to the church in intercession. Okay, so praying for Middlesbrough, church in intercession. So the church is an intercessory body, it's a go-between. Jesus is our mediator. He went between God and man, so He's our mediator, 1 Timothy 2. Um, In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word is paga, to reach out, to meet with, to encounter, Um, and we we read about that in the likes of Isaiah 53 and Isaiah 59, this idea of Jesus being the one who has been our mediator, the one who is the go-between. In the New Testament, it's a Greek word Um, And it has the sense of an intervention, an intersection between heaven and earth, which hits the mark, reflecting the Lord's specific will. It's led by God, and it's an element of approaching the King. And so, Jesus in Hebrews 7.25, He intercedes for us. He's the go-between. He's the one who approaches the King for us. He's the one who communicates and talks with the King for us. He's finding out what, what Father is saying about things for us and it's on behalf of us. So he's interceding. We've then got the likes of the, the Holy Spirit, Romans 8:26 and 27. Yeah, when he's praying in our weaknesses, it talks about there. Here we are witness, groans and urges yeah. And the word there in the Greek is hyper in Teuxis. He is bending over backwards for us, intercession. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing when we haven't got words that can express them. So we're interceding with groans, we're crying, we're weeping over a situation, we're laughing at it, or we're warfaring. You know, something is happening. God is touching our thoughts, our emotions, our motives in that moment over a situation because the Holy Spirit is leading us. So Jesus is an intercessor. The Holy Spirit is an intercessor. The church is an intercessor. So as individuals, we go between God and man. So we can be praying. So you've got those five principles. Let me give you five principles of the intercessory um, name, the the Greek word, the Hebrew word. This will be on notes, okay? If you've got people's email addresses, this can just go out to anybody who wants this here. To come before God the king. It's led by God, so he's in charge of it. The understanding, is a conversation and negotiation. What, What did you mean by that, God? Did I understand you when you said, you said this? Was that right? So, there's a conversation going on there with God. It's about another person, so interceding is about another person or situation, and it's establishing what he has already decided. So, it's coming before God. It's led by him, It's a conversation with Him, it's about somebody else, and it's understanding what His will is. So, when we look at the Hebrew and Greek, the the words are to hit the mark, we look at strike the bull's eye. What did God say there, I have this feeling, is that what you meant? And so, intercession is coming into that space and place where we're mediating for a situation. When it comes to corporate intercession, ah, now we're all doing that together. How do we all go into His presence together? How do we manage to do that? And Paul stirs this up in 1 Timothy 2. He says, therefore, I want men and women everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. All ah, right. So, I remember going to one meeting of leaders near the start, and I said, look, we need to, I really believe we need to gather to pray together. And this one leader put up a hand and said, but do we have to be in the same room? I so, say, okay. So we can all pray differently, but you know, there's something very powerful about coming together. Yeah? You know, yes, we can all pray apart, but that's not going to deal with our issues of relationship, about being in the same room together. So, so the church is an intercessory body, yeah. And so, we want to be able to gather together as one church, as much as possible. And I sometimes think of it a little bit like American football. So, God has given us the ball, and we need to create touchdowns. And so, we're taking the ball, and we're going to create a touchdown at the far end, because God wants to land His Word on the earth. Isaiah 55, 10, and 11. You know, His Word accomplishes what He desires, yeah? So, in the sense, we're taking the ball but there's also a bit of warfare in the middle. Ah, there's a gridiron, you know, American football. We can use other analogies if you want, but it just works quite well, the American football, not that I do a lot of American football. Um, So intercession is finding out what is God saying, what's He saying about a situation, and how are we going to land it on the earth? So we want to hear God for that, so that's going to take time and praying. I'm not planning to open up a lot about hearing God's voice, particularly in this situation, but we we can talk about that if if there's time. Um, so, So, that would be the analogy of the intercessory body. But intercession and warfare are integrally linked. So, as I say, a bit like American football, there's that warfare. So when we are intercessors, each believer using Old Testament understanding, is priest, king, and prophet. So, we have the right to go into God's presence as His priests. We learn a lot in the Old Testament about going into worship, into God's presence. We're His priests. Ah, oh, Jesus is my most high priest, so I am one of His priests, Exodus nineteen six, Revelation 1, 6. I have the right to talk to Him, the right to worship. But Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, and I'm one of His kings. Ah, And the kings in the Old Testament teach us how to move in God's authority and how not to move in God's authority, yeah? So as we learn to worship, we're going to grow in His authority, and the prophets teach us about landing God's power. So, in the Old Testament we hear more about the priests going into God's presence, we learn about God's presence, the kings teach us about authority, and the prophets Teach us and give us examples of landing God's word for people. So where each one of those functions, yeah? So power comes from authority, authority comes from worship. So power comes from authority, authority comes from worship. It's an earthly principle with heavenly principle. If you're in the workplace and you serve, so another word for worship is serve, if you serve a boss. And if you know them well and understand them well, they give you more authority, have more. And the result of that authority is you have power. Those are spiritual principles being outworked on the earth, yeah? So when we go into God's presence, when we gain an understanding of the King and His will, we gain an understanding of the authority He has given us, yeah? So. So often, we want to do something, right? I think I've heard God's voice on this. We are going to go out tomorrow morning onto the streets and we're going to heal the sick. And that sounds great, but perhaps we haven't spoken to God about it yet. What's His timing on it? What's He saying about it? Where? And so we end up moving in our authority and haven't really understood what the King is saying. So there's lots of examples in Scripture of people in intercession. Obviously, Jesus, Elijah, Abraham, but Esther. She's probably one of the great examples in Scripture. Esther 4:11 to 5:3. So Esther is the queen here, yeah? and she, her her people, her people, the Hebrew people, are being threatened with with death and annihilation. And Mordecai has encouraged Esther that perhaps. You've come to a royal position for such a time as this. And so, she's, she's under the possibility of going into the presence of the king, but if she's not welcome, she's just going to be killed. She's going to die. So, she gets the people to petition, to fast, yeah, so they're fasting, so there's, there's intercession going on, and she goes into the presence of the king, and we can read about it in Esther 4, say 3 to 5, she goes into the presence of the king. The king nods his scepter towards her, she's welcoming, and then begins a conversation, remember the negotiation, the conversation, until he finally says, what is your request? And so, we learn a lot from Esther there, how to approach the king to worship, to serve, to wait, to hear, to have folks interceding, and then she gains authority. She then has the authority, this thing, she's heard the will of the king now. No, that's not going to happen. Your people are not going to be destroyed. But she has there's this corporate praying going on. She understands who she is. She understood how to go into God's presence. And we can use other examples as well. So, Elijah, he defeats the, um, the false prophets on Mount Carmel, and then he goes and he kneels and he's praying for rain, he's in that birthing position, so he's waiting there, he's understanding what is it, to worship and pray, to intercede, and he sends his servant away, is, is, there, is there any rain? No, no, there's no rain, so he's continuing, because yet he hasn't got authority, it isn't happening, yeah, so he keeps sending his servant away six times, yeah? Now see the clouds gather six times not there. Now see at the seventh the showers they bear. So ask the Lord, Lord, send the rain to feed the seed and raise the grain. For with my word to fill the hands, the hands that go to till these lands, the UK. Hands that go to till and to toil, to break this land and pour out on this soil. So you know, that, was, that was Elijah. So that's a, a rhyme, a prophetic rhyme that you know I felt God speaking to me in the sort of 90s about a church like Elijah being raised up, but he stays there, he stays there, he stays there, he stays there until he feels the permission, the authority to, you know, it's coming, it's coming, right, I can go now. And so, we need people who can intercede. We we need everybody to pray, though. That doesn't mean people can opt out. Everybody can come together to pray, but we can release those people particularly with intercessory gifts. So, so, the church is an intercessory body, goes between God and man. Jesus does that, the Holy Spirit does that, we can do that as individuals, but we want to try and do it corporately, how do we release that corporate nature? We understand that as we worship God, we grow in His authority, as we grow in His authority, we grow in His power being released. Uh, let's take an example of Mary, so Gabriel appears to Mary and explains to Mary, um, so you're going to have a child, the Son son of God is going to be born to you, and she agrees with this, she's asking questions, and Gabriel replies to her, for no word from God will ever fail. No word of God lacks power. (gasps) She's come into agreement with what's being said. You know, this is a shock, a surprise, me, really, me? And she comes into agreement with that. And when we come into agreement and understand it of the consequences of what we're praying, every prayer we pray has a choice and a consequence. So when we're praying, choice is going to happen. Okay, so are you going to deal with something in me first? Yeah? As I'm praying this, do I need to repent of something? Is there something in me before that word can outwork through me? So, there's choices and consequences as we're praying, and, and she comes to the terms with this and hears that for no word from God will fail. She's got that, and so in a sense, she's an interceding. She knows what it is to worship God. She's got this Gabriel there. She's gained authority so that she can then go through the, the birth of the Son of God who's being delivered on the earth. So, the church is an intercessor. The church is a body in warfare. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but we might, might have some questions. How are we doing for time here? Yeah. Okay, okay. Here's part of that intercessory body. How do we build an altar for the fire to fall? Okay, so the altar in 1 Kings 18 has three dimensions. It has a length, it has a breadth, and it has a depth. Gosh, okay, how do we rebuild an altar? So we can all have the length, if that makes sense, so we communicate with God, we want to walk with God, we want to see words landed on the earth, but now this is across the body, so how do we create the breadth? What's the breadth? How can we broaden, you know, the, the church involved? doesn't matter if it's small church or big church, yeah, doesn't matter, size does not matter it's the, you know, the gathering of God's people. When when we used to gather, I wasn't interested whether one church brought 50 people. I was interested in how many churches were gathered, yeah, and how many leaders were gathered. I'd rather have a prayer meeting of 25 folks and there were 11 churches than 100 or 90 from one. That makes sense, yeah? Because that represented, you know, different avenues and gateways of the, the, the body of Christ across the city, across the area. And Part of the dealing with relationships was actually also trying to somehow challenge a church with several hundred people and saying, just because you've got more numbers does not mean you're more significant in this area. This church of 10, they're just as significant, and this leader's going to lead the next meeting. So I don't, I actually don't care how big your church is, okay? I care that these different churches are involved in this small church, and they're coming on board, and and He's going to lead. And so, it's dealing with pride, some of that as well, uh, just because it's the body of Christ sort of moving in that sense. So, uh, church and intercession, church and warfare, the intercessory body. Okay, so how do we create this breadth of church? How do we create that Word and Spirit? We've talked a little bit about that. So, I believe in Smith Wigglesworth, 1947, stuff in the corner there before we prayed, (laughs) yeah, Um, that the Word and the Spirit will come together before a move of God, the two prophecies he gave in 1947 about the Word and the Spirit coming together. And I'm fascinated in these days where we're seeing such compromise in church life, where these two communities with some different aspects over the years are the, the church groups that are standing by Scripture and you you're know, prepared to stand on, on the Word of God when there's such compromise going across the church. And there are great examples at the moment of churches that would not speak to each other, didn't really relate to each other. I'm thinking of some of the London situations where now they're starting to gather together very different opinions, but actually because of the commonality of that belief in Jesus Christ, the Scriptures, there's conversations going on and more openness in that sense here. Yeah? So, we need that Word in the Spirit, the breadth of the church. The other thing which I, I think is the, the depth is how do we bring together the depth of ministries? Not just the prayers, not just the leaders, but so what I would often look for. So, back to that, those aspects of God's church being apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, pastoral, and teaching. Okay. So breakfasts, okay? How do we get some pastors and teachers? The majority of people would fall into that category where one guy who was so evangelistic from an Anglican church, very, very conservative. but if we ever needed we need somebody who's going to say something now, "What do you think? And he would be you know, on a mission reaching the lost and they'd be like, oh. And so he was brilliant to bring evangelistic edge into that setting. We had uh, prophetic folks who you know, they, they learnt a language in that setting, to be able to bring that, and so you, you could say to so-and-so, and you know, what do you think about this? And so, you have these different angles of church life, you know, the apostles thing, okay, that's, that's a spectrum of activity. Everybody in leadership um, has some you know, apostolic aspect. Every individual does. Sorry, just to let you know, okay. The Holy Spirit has five functions in us, in the apostolic, a prophetic, evangelistic, pastoral, and teaching. So, I have a list. I create a list. Uh, Where am I going? Where has God sent me? What am I hearing? How am I coming into His presence, understanding prayer, worship, spiritual gifts? How am I reaching the lost? Because that's the Holy Spirit, the evangelist at work in me. How am I being cared for, experiencing the care of God and caring for others? How am I experiencing the Scriptures being taught and then sharing that with others? So, we've, we've all got those five things, but people are stronger in certain elements of it, if that makes sense. So, I'd look for really some of the really strong pioneering leaders as well and ask them their opinions. So how do we build an altar Well, we've got this prayerful communication going, but breadth of church, Word and Spirit, and then depth of ministries, getting different ministries to come on board as well into, you know, wider prayer meetings and wider gatherings. I think you should do some discussing and talking. We've done a little bit more talking. Um, why don't you have a chat around your tables um, about what we've heard so far? Questions, good questions would be, um, what is intercession going to look like for Middlesbrough? And what have you been challenged by so far? Two questions, what, what will intercession look like for Middlesbrough and um, what was my second one? <laughs> What are you challenged by so far, I have a third question. You know that was my third thing, where's Middlesbrough? What is Middlesbrough? That's a question, what is Middlesbrough? In Carlisle we created the wall, so I felt God asked me to walk a wall of 30 miles around the city, that was the wall, This is before it all started. Released 30 mighty men, watchmen. Had 15 watchers all the way around the city, and they prayed there you know, every few months while pray for the city was being set up. We then released a, a hundred watchmen, a hundred people who would pray one hour for the city. So as as we were starting to talk to so leaders, prayer meetings, things, who would be a watchman for the city. But there was a, a boundary. This is this is what we're going to call Middlesbrough. So it is a question. Yeah. No, that's not the question. Okay, that's great. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. T side. That's great. Excellent. Everything so far that said Middlesbrough, erase. (laughs) That's (laughs) okay. Right. So just rewind the tape and say it's T side, not Middlesbrough. Okay. (laughs) Go for it. Um, Right. What would intercession look like for for T side? and what, what are the challenges that you've got and questions you've still got so far? Five minutes, talk on your tables. Hello, hello. Any thoughts on the the intercession thing, or am I revisiting the same ground? What could intercession look like? What could we be doing? We Prayer, walks. Prayer walks. Okay, cool. Anybody else? Expect? So I got the back. Speak in oh, wait, wait. The oh, gone <laughs> <laughs> Britain's got talent <laughs> huh? sorry
2: huh? I, I, I was just sharing with some of these ladies just yeah. how just reality check around yeah. um, our expectations and time frames okay. and our leaders have been gathering really really well for the l- over 10 years um, and really focusing on relationship and so I think we're much further ahead than some other areas but there's still a maturing and some intentionality around some of the broader stuff there has to be
0: intentionality that's right yes yeah that's great Tracy. thank you so much indeed any other things around the intercession so we can do prayer walks
4: yeah i suppose we talked about um
0: or challenges which are we going here
4: that The fact that leaders meet um for their prayer meeting and the story that joyce shared about wanting to go along to that and and i suppose and i can see why that wasn't allowed because the vision of that particular group is particular to that but then the the challenge from tracy saying oh just let's set up our own and there's some um, some heart around our table f- for that as well and just this Set idea up your
0: own prayer meeting on the leaders over there and the prayers over there. yeah here. yeah
4: okay. or d- or yes yeah, separate okay at the same time or separate times or okay yeah just um the challenge around the table that about being empowered
0: to to okay. do that p- p- permission to do that again that sort of thing yep okay okay <laughs> You want to be saved again, Tracy. I see that then.
2: No, just very, very quickly, because I I think it's not always about bringing everybody together, but understanding where huddles are happening and having connectors so that we we join that up.
0: Um, He says, glasses.
3: Anyone else? (laughs) Thank
4: you. Yeah, um, so we talked about um, prayer for positivities in Teesside, Middlesbrough, because um, enough of the negative things about Middlesbrough, so in our individual lives, in our neighborhood, yep. um, we need to uh, be Christ-like. Then apart from being Christ-like, we need to also pray um, together, especially we need to organize you know, events in a church way, in a church um, targeted um, at the youths, Uh, because um, it's very easy to uh, bring them to Christ before they stray away because once, you know, they are outside there in the outside world, it's very difficult to bring them back.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you very much indeed. Awesome.
4: So what we discuss is about being intentional with prayer and channeling it to, like you talk about the youth. Yeah. We're saying that we need to be intentional about Teaching our children how to pray—it might hmm. be a little bit of diversion, and also being intentional about it. Let these okay. people know the so reason the children, to pray and yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, um, any other table want to put anything else in? Final one on the mole. Yeah, I just Hi, uh, Tracy.
3: Tracy. Again, it's set up a couple of years ago before COVID, wasn't it? She set up a little group called it Watchmen for Teaside, I think it was. And so people from different areas on Teesside used to meet in her house and if they'd seen Brilliant. anything in their area, bring it. You know, so it was always about praying out, not yep. about praying for yep. our needs. Yep. And it was great. And I think there are watchmen out there. I yeah, know absolutely
0: I'd there are. There are. Yeah, I, I feel know. I'm a watchman. Yep.
3: I'm asking the Lord like right. what what am I what am I watching over? What, what's yep. my field? Yep. because okay. I think it's important. That and again,
0: it's about that, how do we but, link that? But yeah, yep. the connectors okay. are really good. Let's, let's talk about that. Okay, so we've got some leaders' gatherings going on, and we've got some people want to pray. So how about this? Some prayers say to the leaders, can we serve you? Can we come along? We will make breakfast for you, lunch for you, and if you gather, we will we'll stay on to be able to pray with you. We, or we can create an environment for you guys, if, if that if the leadership thing is happening, can we pray with you afterwards? So how can the prayers come alongside? So relationship with leaders for prophetic folks, really important, yeah? Because they are our leaders, they're in the authority, but how do we serve them? So in Carlisle, somebody came to me and said, I will do breakfast for you. I'll, I'll set up the breakfast, 7.30 in the morning invite the leaders, you you guys can pray, and we were able to then, you know, invite others afterwards to come into prayer meetings and things, the students would sometimes come and do stuff um, and share their heart, could be praying and things. The other thing was the 24-7 prayer. So 24-7 prayer week, we had, you know, so 168 hours, and it was over Easter we would do this, and one of the buildings, one of the church buildings, had so many different rooms. it was just and we got into the newspapers the newspaper wanted to interview about what's 24 7 prayer who are the moravians what's this what's this hundred years of prayer so it got advertised in newspaper on the radio and things we turned one of the rooms into like a tabernacle where people could go from one area to the next and have sort of your pictorial involvement um we had another room which was just a quiet room with sort of a candle and and bibles we had an interactive room where computers were donated lent uh, by an, an organization, and so just massive children 's activities up there, and the ability to have uh, prayer walls writing, a book where people could write down prophetic words that could then so this is the book still got some of those books these, these are the words people felt, so that can actually be taken away and, and shared with others so there's ability to express there and we got nearly every church involved to move their prayer meetings to that building, and nearly every non-church kingdom ministry. So prayer meeting after prayer meeting after prayer meeting was in there, whether it was the uh, pregnancy counseling, youth events went on in there. We arranged the children-wide, city-wide children event so that it was in there, so it was common vision in the same place for seven days, and then on Sunday morning, gathered at 6.30 in the morning for Easter Sunday service, where 100, 150 folks would, would turn out 6 o'clock in the morning and, and, and end the week on that. But it meant bringing people together so you could then gather vision, massive prayer, have prayer meetings during the week and things. Um, but it was also inspiring children's workers, youth workers, and and bringing those those citywide elements together into one place. Um, so, so yes, you can have leaders and prayers in different places, but how can you bring that element together? How can we'll say leaders want to make decisions but they also want to pray? So, you know, that's important, but how do we bring prayer and those leaders together? There has to be a, a way of doing that, creating that moment. And sometimes it then takes the, the prayers to go to leaders and say, look, how can we serve you in this? How can we, we mobilize prayer how can we help to do this, to come alongside you to do that, yeah? So, just like any partnership, so these different giftings see things differently, you know, so people praying and interceding might do it for hours, that's their gift, okay? But they want to come alongside leaders to be able to land this thing and be praying. Let's go, uh, just moving around, so let's talk about then creating a press strategy then, So somebody needs to create a prayer strategy. Some people need to create a prayer strategy. So within an individual congregation, you might have, and I think this would be MCC leaders, but you've got the prayers, you've got them rooted in together. You've also got people on the leadership team who are interested in the prophetic and praying. So you've got that coming together. So how do you create a prayer strategy? One of the most important things I think we ever did in Carlisle was find prayer reps within the churches. Because your leaders have got so much going on, so yes, they commit their diaries and things, but they, they've got they're, you know, they're dealing with pastoral stuff, sermons, you know, marriages, your know, um, you know, issues across movements and things. so prayer reps would represent prayer within that place. and so I could gather with the prayer reps and talk about how we might mobilize prayer, and that would serve then the churches as well. They would recommend somebody, one or two people, to be the prayer reps, and they would come together so we could talk about different styles, we could talk about how to mobilize prayer, but they could also, they would help um, encourage the, the, the meetings, quarterly meetings or three times a year prayer meetings that we were doing, so they could do that within the churches and serve the church leadership, and I, I always thought that was one of the best things we ever, we ever did in that sense. So, so, we need to create a prayer strategy, we need to create a vision for prayer for the prayers. So, a prayer walk, absolutely. Prayer walk, what a great way of mobilizing people. Not everybody can do a prayer walk, yeah? But it comes back a little bit to what area you're going to do, a bit of a chatter with Julian there about sort of areas and things, but create a prayer walk. So, we, we had, what, about a thousand streets in the city, we would pray them all in one day. Whoops. There Hello, hello, hello. Yes. <laughs> pray the inter- you know, Create a vision. We're going to pray every single street of the area. Well, I mean, it depends how big your area is, yeah. But we would know, we would do that in a day, or every three months. That was another strategy. Every three months, on different churches. So we would gather together. and We would put a massive pra- map of Carlisle. Use visual visuals. So in a prayer meeting, you can communicate, you know, very very quickly about vision. For- oh, here's the area. This is what we're praying. Yeah. And, and different churches would be on different areas, doubling up, trebling up, those sort of things. There are challenges within that. There are. And so, there was one church leader came to me and said, "Of course, nobody won my parish, will they?" Okay. So, you know. So that's dealing with some issues around unity and who lives where and things like that. But I was also really surprised about some churches that. Had the reputation of not being into this sort of thing. Who were uh, we? Want to do this? All oh, oh, right. So we, remember, we have our pre, you know, preset ideas. But you know, getting a, a prayer walk going, putting that visually, you know, organizing streets, you know, to be prayed for, and and mobilizing people in prayer on a day over three months. Those sort of things. I haven't mentioned it yet, because I'm sort of going around in circles, but um, you have to end with mission. I think you have to end with mission. You have to have an an outcome to do, so so if if I'll just move on just a little bit, I'll come back to some of those questions, but how do you do prayer ministry for a town? So how do you do prayer ministry for an individual? Well. Hello, how do you do? You know, this individual wants prayer, okay, so I can make them feel comfortable, and and I can ask them their needs and pray for them. That's how we pray for an individual. Um, So, we can make our town comfortable, our area comfortable, yeah, we love them, yeah. We can ask them their needs. So, you know, certainly when we did 24-7 prayer, we get prayer requests from schools, MPs, counselors, um, sending in prayer requests. Or even saying, I don't believe in this stuff, thank you for your love, thank you for your care, but it was, it was relationship building in that sense. Yeah? The problem is, when you're praying for somebody who doesn't want prayer, that of course is a bit more of an issue. So, when we've got the individual that we're praying for, we can see results very quickly. Yeah, I'm praying for this person, how are you? So, if they want prayer, so just using that as the individual picture, if that's the model, I can – results. What are the results? Are you feeling better? Have you got freedom from this? I don't want prayer? Okay. That, when you take it to citywide, we're interceding, or citywide, area-wide, how do we know we've got results? Because ultimately, those results are based on individuals turning to Christ. So I think you need to have an evangelistic strategy at the end of this, at the end of that, if that makes sense. So, we're talking to God about man on a massive basis, and we're praying for that, but then how do we look for results? How do we then mission and have an, some sort of evangelistic strategy that, that tests what we're doing? Test me in this, says the Lord God Almighty, how do we, how do, we do that? So, so, one of the areas then in praying, one of the tensions in warfare is, So, if you're praying for an individual, how do you know when an individual is delivered, has freedom? That's a lot easier than how do you know when an area is delivered. So really important to to be praying about the history of an area, the, um, the, the influences that have shaped an area, whether it's Freemasonry. Remember, every dwelling place on the earth was started up by somebody with their underlying values and beliefs, their worship. So, every single dwelling place was rooted in a form of worship. What do we know about worship? It gives rise to a form of authority, and that gives rise to a form of power. We are replacing false worship with the true worship of God his true authority, and his true power, because we live from the dwelling place of God for the dwelling places of the earth, if that makes sense, yeah? So, so we want to, yeah, so when it comes then to, say, so Carlisle, one of the big issues in Carlisle was a cursing stone. So, I don't, perhaps you know, I don't know if you know the story, there was a curse across Carlisle uh, from a, a church leader in Scotland, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Okay, but how do you know when that's broken? People have prayed about it for years and years and years. When, when's it broken? Yeah. And so, there was a, in my opinion, there was a big focus on, let's just remove the cursing stone. It's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. I agree. Should we nip there during the night? Should we smash it into pieces? Yeah, just, you know, it's, it's, that's in the Bible as well. Yeah. Or should we put a petition to the council saying it's a bad thing? when do you stop? When do you rip up the Roman wall? Because actually, that's that's got lots of Roman gods in it, and Mithraeus, and oh, goodness me. And so, if you're not careful, you end up destroying a lot of life. But What will happen with false idols is when the people turn to Christ, they will bring them down. So, it's when people start to experience freedom that you will see these things change. So, the battle is for the minds of people in an area, if that makes sense, yeah? So, an individual, we can measure to a degree, you know, whether they're having some freedom because we can ask, we can see results across, when you do that across an area, results are going to be measured in, are are, are people coming to Christ? Are people being changed? Are people in the the government, the council being saved? So, to get a, a results base, Eventually, have to do some sort of mission. In, in my my opinion, if that makes sense, yeah. We we talk to God about man. We now need to talk to man about God. And so, having some sort of results base. So we need a massive prayer strategy, but ultimately landing it in the evangelistic. So, um, so we talked about yeah, prayer walking. Um, that's that's a great way of mobilizing things. Um, remember, that's generally for the fit and well. So, do not miss out your, your home population, the elderly, yeah, or other infirm. They can pray, they love praying, you know, the Hebrides revival, two, two ladies there, you know, at home, convinced revival was coming, praying for it, and obviously the story of the Hebridean revival. So, let's not miss out those folks. You can create email newsletters for doing that. Prayer wall, so I've, I've mentioned, what's, what's the area, what's the boundary so you've got a big area, T side, yeah, but what's the boundary that can be walked? I know I was chatting a bit with, with Julie about certain boundaries being walked and things. What's that area? How can we mobilize that? Or how can we go to a, a high place together and all pray together over an area, yeah? We want it linked together with leaders, R- you know, I, that's, my, I, that's my feeling, otherwise you have prayer movements and you have leadership movements. So, in Acts 13, you have the gathering of the prophets and teachers, so the list there includes Saul and Barnabas, and when they get it together, the stirrers and the settlers comes the great New Testament Antioch church. So, in terms of ministry, so pastoral ministry, teaching ministry, settling ministry, come in, sit down, let's do the membership course, let's, let's talk about this stirrers, you need to get out there and save the lost. God is saying this. So, oh, okay. It's a bit like cooking. Yeah, so you've got the settlers. I think we just got it on Mark chapter 3 here. Something like that, yeah? And the passing teachers, and then the evangelists, or the prophetic coming along. We need to turn up the heat. We need to turn up the heat. So you've got stirrers and settlers going on there, yeah? And that's why sometimes there's conflict. You know, it can be, yeah? Oh, no, here comes the stirrer oh, I know what I'm going to say, Ah! Oh. and so you've got, but they get it together in Acts chapter 13, and it's the great Antioch missional church that comes out of that. So, I talk about the stirrers, the settlers, and the senders. So, the, the apostolic folks are great at sending, putting the go into people, but we need the stirrers and the settlers, and too often, and so often, if I talk about UK church, is based around churches often led by settling that's fine. Pastors, teachers, but the stirring movements have gone off elsewhere. We've arranged our prayer meeting on the hill. We're meeting here, and so that was never God's design, so how do we solve that problem? And you know, some people point at the stirrers doing the wrong thing going off, you know, doing their own evangelism on the streets. Some are pointing fingers back, back at the churches. We need to solve that problem so that we can do this together so that settling and stirring occurs together and sometimes you need gifted senders who can help to decide whether it's time to turn the heat up from Mark chapter 3 to Mark chapter 25, doesn't exist, but there you go, yeah? So we need stirrers and settlers in that sense, yeah? So I know that's going around a bit, so let's create a prayer walk, um, different churches, different areas do it in the day every three months. Let's find the boundary. Let's create corporate prayer meetings three or four times a year. I've talked a little bit about that You know, in terms of the, the songs that are being used um, and encouraging people to pray. We've, got, we've already talked a little bit about raising a watchman. You know, who wants to commit to an hour? Very difficult to get results back and measure. You, you'll get people who sign up for an hour and don't do it, and other people are praying. So, it has some benefits, and it has some disadvantages about that, but, but it's a way of envisioning people. Release prayer reps. Who wants to, who wants to represent prayer in our, our church or across the area who can get together and talk about and, and put a plan or a strategy together and submit that to leaders? Yeah, that, that, that's a, a great way of mobilizing prayer and working with, you know, the churches across an area. create a prayer newsletter. Okay. So, what, what are your questions now? Give me some questions. I've got some further thoughts. What time are we now? We're 12.15. Oh, we need to break. Oh, yeah, we're supposed to have a break, aren't we? <laughs> we're gone, that's the right. <laughs> break. Sorry, guys. We better break. Is it time to break, Helen? Yeah. Yeah. Good? Good Go and grab a drink. Have, have a have a think, and a drink, and a talk, and toilet, whatever. Good afternoon. We're still here. Okay, guys, we're on the final stretch, half an hour, the race is being run, it's the Great North Prayer, <laughs> something like that, <laughs> Great North Prayer,
1: <laughs>
0: okay. <coughs> So we've talked a lot about creating vision. We have, we've talked about our leaders, prayers, unity. We've talked about being an intercessory body. But most people here, your prayers, and some of you will, um, some of you will be frustrated. Some of you um, are living in that tension between now and not yet. But that's a space you need to occupy. That's part of your intercession. When God's given you something, remember, He's given that to you in the presence of God, and you're as Esther in that moment, yeah? You're praying for that Word, yeah? So, your prayers, He's placed you for purpose. You're the right person, in the right place at the right time. If you're not in the right place, you need to reconsider, but if you are in that right place, then you are the right person. And so God has placed you for purpose, for intent, and so talking to God first. So some of you will have feelings of, as I say, you know, frustration, why doesn't this happen? Uh, frustration is an, is an earthly feeling. Heaven is not frustrated, okay? Heaven is not frustrated. There are no angels being reassigned, no plans being redone. Oh my goodness, have you seen what happened? Reassign that angel now, okay? That doesn't happen. We're trusting God. So, we as prayers and intercessors, God's also doing something in our hearts. The most important thing God ever does is make us more like Jesus. So, in the midst, so in terms of prayer dynamic, there's only God, me, and the circumstances. God says, I'm not changing, by the way. I, the Lord, don't change, okay? That only leaves two things, me or the circumstances. And you've been praying about the circumstances for some time. Can this happen? Can this happen? Can this happen? That isn't changing. We need to persevere, but okay, Father, what character are you developing in me? What aspect of your patience? What aspect of your peace? What aspect of your perseverance, James 1, 2 to 4, that you bring me to completion, maturity, and lacking nothing? So, as prayers and prophetic folks, you need that inspiration and encounter with God for the situation that you're in, to keep carrying that in prayer, Keep releasing, so i was just talking about houses of prayer, creating prayer across a region, praying for your leaders. Um, you, you find out how you can pray for your leaders. You know The, the prophetic is serving the leaders. How can I pray for you? What's, what are the three things I can be praying for you in this time? as prayers here? Yeah? So it might be about creating vision for an area. We want to see hundreds and thousands of people come to Christ here. Yeah? But part of that tension is between now and not yet, yeah? So, as prayers, let's be released into, into doing that. So, find yourself in the prayer areas. We've talked a bit about prayer strategy. We've talked about, um, you prayer walking. Somebody asked a question. <coughs> ah, yeah, okay, yeah. So... So we need intercessors. So, one of the things that I think is happening in terms of UK church life is that we, we have a trench warfare mentality. So, so, here we are in the trenches, we're going to battle, we're going to gather in the trench here, and from time to time we're going to rush out there and we're going to grab some people and drag them back here. Yeah? That's what we're going to do, okay, guys? There's lots of nervousness, lots of fear and things. But I don't believe that, so using military strategy, so blitzkrieg warfare was one of the most powerful forms of warfare because it brought together all different aspects of gifting. So infantry, aircraft, tank, and everybody was mobilized. Yeah? And so it, it took ground, yeah? wasn't going to maintain, it was going to take ground. And that's a little bit like we've got pioneering folks, back to who those visionaries are, whether it's a millimetre or a mile, we're taking ground. That's what they're like, yeah? We're going to take ground, yeah? Just, and they're, they're looking for that, and they're very visionary. We need those prophetic and evangelistic folks, The prophetic folks, and I think it's over here. So, find ways also of submitting some direction. A lot of your interceding will be about breaking through in an area, praying for churches, but how do you submit those prophetic words, that direction to, to your leader? How do you work in relationship with your leader? I suggest this, and use a language that is not a language of frustration. That's not a heavenly language. Yeah. If only we did! I know! We, that's not, okay? So you. I feel I wonder, could it be, use a language like that, yeah, so that the person we're sharing with, the leaders we're sharing with, um, can weigh it, We're saying to them, this is your identity, this is for you to weigh, it's not for me to weigh, this is what I feel, this is what I wonder, could it be, it's not up to me in that sense, yeah? So, so Blitzkrieg warfare would have pioneers, you know, the idea of prophetic folks pointing out direction. Let's be doing that, evangelistic folks reaching the lost. But that, that symbolism, that pastor, teacher, and then, so in, in Blitzkrieg warfare, they didn't conquer everything all, all, all at once. They took a lot of ground, uh, communication resources, and they went round the strongholds, literally. But your pastors, teachers, would, uh, are those people who can then disciple folks to mop up the strongholds. In that sense, they're really key in creating discipleship so we need to create movement in that sense Um, does anybody have any further questions at the moment anybody want to ask some questions we've got about 24 minutes or so who wants to ask a question oh i see that hand You talked uh, several times about vision. Yep. Uh, where did you end up with in Carlisle? What
4: did you sort of see as? Did you have a vision statement or uh, how did that work for you?
0: Yep. J- Jamie was asking about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The, the vision statement was uh, fairly benign, you could say, in one sense. The vision for the city to be implemented by leaders, undergirded by prayer on the basis of unity. So because of the situation with so many different opinions, that that gave that was the vision statement, but out of that we created strategies. So over this one year, we're going to do an event called The Time Is Now, and that every, every church that was involved, 20 churches, half the church in the city, but we do this, the time is now, and different people would implement different events and things like that, so, so it was it was a case of creating massive prayer, um, finding ways of working with the authorities in the city, so how can we work with the council, get to know councillors, we had, um, we had a prayer rep on the council, members of the council, they would send us prayer requests so we could pray for the council, the MPs would have, would send us prayer requests, whether that's, whether that would happen now, that might be obviously a bit debatable in that sense. But, but make your vision statement as powerful as it, as it can be, as th- that people can accept in that moment. You know, Jamie was sharing about, what's it, the, strap word? To speak, speak in the word? word? Speak a better word, what, what a great strap line, yeah? As, as long as people can get behind that, say it again and again and again, and again, and how do we drip that down, and across the city there, we get people thinking cities, so one of the big things we did was, was break parochial boundaries, so that, what I mean by that is getting those with parishes to think citywide. football, we did football to men, reaching men, one of the best things we ever did, yeah, so just create football, so, that was one of the things that came out of that. How are we going to reach men? We want to, it's the city for Christ. So, we'd, we'd have uh, 150 men. Um, more than half of them would be unbelievers. They'd sign up for football, six-a-side football. I had to learn all the rules about not kicking the ball above your head, one-step penalties, all sorts of stuff. We got unbelievers to referee it, and we'd have tournaments. We'd have a stage. We had Polish teams coming in. So, we had, so it was chaos, but it was phenomenal, the number of unbelieving teams that wanted to join. And here's another thing, we have to think like they think. They wanted to pay, so we, we didn't put on a free event. We got them to pay. Unbelievers expected to pay. We want to pay, so it, was, it wasn't, wasn't expensive, but they committed into it. And so we do a stage tournament, and before the final final stage match, we'd, we'd share the gospel according to football. Somebody would come along and talk about what they knew about the Brazilian team from the 1970s or something, and whole non-Christian men, football teams, bring on their deck chairs, listen to the gospel, and then we'd have the semifinals and the final. Absolutely fantastic. The Polish was a bit difficult. They couldn't count six. I'll be standing on there going, you've got eight. It's eight. You need six. And so, <laughs> just all right. But but it, it really was powerful for competition in that sense, and men expressing themselves, and the number of churches that then developed teams that went into non-Christian leagues after that, developed teams for that, so it it was creating an atmosphere where mission could then be achieved through different churches as well, each each event that we were doing. So, we were able to work with the council, we knew the council, Um, I can't say revival, I'd love to say hundreds and hundreds came to Christ, um, but that didn't happen in that sense. Yeah? But probably, probably the biggest legacy would be bringing the charismatic and non-charismatic churches together, that they could talk to one another and then do, do events over the years and things together. But yeah, find, find a, a vision, stone. Put in, use it wherever you can, put it on overheads, PowerPoints, and, and create a, a map of the area, use visual stuff in that sense, yeah? Prayers, do you want to ask more prayers?
5: I'm conscious of this issue about um, getting the message communicated. So you might well, well, as you know, we have a well-established church leaders prayer group. Could still be wider, could still do more. Um, but um, I would suggest that probably the, commun- the congregations are generally unaware of the uh, They might know that group exists, but I'm not sure they know much more than that. Um, But also, so it is communicating what that's about, what it's doing, promoting a common message, and just beginning to integrate the congregations that are being, if you like, represented there. And how do you move or it to extend rather it to? congregations a lot more and then within congregations encouraging what they're doing about prayer and developing prayer meetings which are often poorly attended and then across churches you know congregations praying together so I suppose I'm talking about that sort of strategy
0: okay so what I'm hearing is well not many people know about the leadership groups but we want to have prayer so, I, I think so. God raises up people for a time, whether it's Esther, whether it's Elijah, he raises up people for a time. And I think the biggest thing prayers can do is pray for leaders. Right, so what can we pray for you? I don't go to your church. Can I pray for you? Do you know what I mean? Break some boundaries. Yeah. You know, how, how can we serve you? How can we pray for you? What's coming out of your leaders' meeting? There's 50 people here would love to pray for you. We're gathering in our group, and we, we'd love to... What is it that we can pray for you? Yeah? Can I be honest? Leadership is a lonely place, I think. You're leading a church, and it can be a lonely area. Yeah? There's a lot on shoulders, and I'm not saying people are going to tell you phenomenal details in one sense but praying for, for, for leaders is powerful, yeah? Imagine, so in the, the Old Testament, there were kings and authorities, some of them very ungodly, but you had Hezekiah, who was a very godly man. He restored the temple. He restored the palace. He restored the walls. He stopped up the water of the city. That's a picture of the New Jerusalem, a perfect place of worship, a perfect place of authority, a perfect place of His power, with a river, with a water supply. How do we serve these kings? How can we be Isaiah to Hezekiah? Show me, Lord. Yeah? But that will take us to spaces and places that might be challenging because we can just be praying, but let's find some things we can pray for and change things. Does that help? Hello? Yep. Okay. Probably not a question I can answer then, yeah. if that makes sense, if that's, that will be over to leaders, but you can communicate with them, is what I'm saying there, if that makes sense. Do you feel like you were able to do that in do uh, you feel like the connection
5: between the leaders' prayer and the people who were praying?
1: Yep.
0: So, I spent 18 months visiting leaders. I went and arranged coffee. Just, can I, can I come and see you? Can I spend some time with you, talk about prayer, and hear them? here, what's their version of things, and so build relationship, 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 can I talk to you? So, so yes, and with the prayer reps, and then somebody say, can I send along Mary and John? They're really good. Okay, so now this church is in, this church is connected and in wants to develop prayer, because they're sending this prayer rep along. So, So you kind of
5: did it through prayer reps then, that was a a way that you found to manage that communication between
0: um uh, well we had the leaders, leaders breakfast so it leaders prayer breakfast monthly once a month and so we'd have you know 15 20 leaders across the, the city so i arranged yeah. their breakfast i would be there I, I i would lead those um committing making sure that more than half our time was in prayer that was the commitment that more than half our time would be in prayer we would gather together to talk but how so whenever we gathered prayer meetings More than half our time is either in worship or prayer. And so just sewing that. So it it was relational. Yes, there was massive communication going on um, through relationship and face-to-face relationships being developed. Does that help? Yeah? Okay. Anyone else?
5: employed by someone, do you know what I mean, on what basis, and also carried with that is what authority did you have amongst the leaders, can you see where I'm going?
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, I had a dream, so I was working in medicine, and I had a dream, Um, I was going to be a GP at that time, and I had a dream, and God said, I want you to work in elderly care, and I said, I don't want to work in elderly care, (laughs) He said, I want you to work in elderly care, nine to five, Monday to Friday, two days later... Uh, a job appeared in the British Medical Journal, 95 Monday to Friday, job in elderly care at the Cumberland Infirmary in Carlisle. Oh, that's awkward. Um, <laughs> but I could not take up the job at the time. I felt I was to finish my GP scheme. So I applied for a job I was least qualified, told them I couldn't take the job up at the time, and they called me in afterwards, and they said to me, um, so we'd like to give you the job. Would you mind if we get somebody else for six months? I said, that's absolutely fine by me. So I ended up in a 9 to 5 Monday to Friday job, 40 to 50 hours on medicine, and then in my spare time I would uh, administrate, pray for the city, and so we, we, yeah, a 24-7 prayer and and the various, and one, one of the things we did, we were always looking for ways to inspire, always looking for ways, digging out tapes or history of previous revivals showing it. Here's Hebrides revival the transformation videos you know Guatemala and places like this inspire people fairly quickly in a short period of time by showing visual stuff is a, is a really good way of you know stuff that happened in the you know um, newfoundland and across the states and and the prayer meetings the the outbreak and you use some visual material you could inspire people in a meeting very quickly in, in that sense about previous revivals so be an inspiring people so i read a lot about revivals and then try and you know communicate that to, to others. And so I, I would use visuals a lot because that could communicate very quickly.
3: Listen, sorry, so what you're saying is you basically, God gave you the dream and told you what it wanted. So basically it's it's about knowing, you know, so you, kno- you knew that God had called you to that and then, then yeah. it's about you being willing to go so basically, I think what each of the prayers needs to do is find where is, our, you know, what is our role? Listen, talk to God, listen to Him, and ask Him to speak, and then and then be willing to go, which... Uh,
0: we need to hear what God's calling us upon need, our life. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's yep. what
3: I mean. We need to yep. know individually yeah, what God's right. calling yep. us to. Yeah, so, so we need so to hear that.
0: Yeah. I am persuaded that uh, we live from the dwelling place of heaven for the dwelling place of earth, and He's placed us here to change the dwelling places, yeah? yeah. So, yeah, a lot of it came out of prophetic rhyme and stuff, so, and, uh, yeah, to do this in Carlisle, but a belief that that's, God wants to do that in cities, towns, villages, across the, the nation and, and the nations, but, yeah, we need to be Thank hearing God's, God's voice. We do need a way of hearing God's voice, and, and again, how do you land that with those who can put it into action? So, again, find, find strategies of hearing God to be able to uh, communicate that with others. Yeah. Are you talking about the return of Jesus or just the?
5: Yep. Um, it just reminded me of bringing heaven down.
0: Yeah, uh, we live like in two places. Far, but yep. you know, I'm um, a citizen of heaven, Philippians yeah. 320, Hebrews 12:22. that's where I live from. The more I understand the invisible realm, the more, so that is, that is more visible, more real, the invisible realm than the visible realm. The more we understand how heaven works, mm. the more we can bring those realities to the earth, uh, is, is what I mean. Yes, yes, so it's the King of God, but we need to understand how heaven works in, yeah. in that sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah? That's yeah. a dwelling place. And it's no surprise that the scriptures have cities in them. It's not a surprise. Sometimes we open the Bible and think, oh, isn't that interesting? There's cities in there. We just happen to live in cities. Everything was designed from heaven so that in the scriptures we've got everything that's written that's showing us qualities and understanding of the spiritual realm. So it's not a surprise when. There are people with eyes. It's not a surprise we've got eyes and hearts and lungs because God has eyes because God has a heart because God has breath and so all those things are designed. Yeah, Um, God is an architect and a builder, and the prophetic folks are architects. You need great architecture. You want to make a great building? Get great architecture. If you don't want a great building, don't bother with much architecture. Uh, Just put a shack together. So you need God is an architect and. Abraham was looking for the city to come whose architect and builder is God. And so, those creative, prophetic folks praying, uh, releasing architecture, the possibilities of what this might look like, inspiring the possibilities of God so that those who are building can, can see and taste, feel, ah, yeah, that's a possibility Yeah, yeah, I feel the possibilities. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we look at architecture on the earth. We have great buildings. Somebody had that thought. God does even better. If that makes sense? Yeah. So architecture and building. So let's be great architects and and share you know, the possibilities of God. Not the probable things. Not the definite things. The possibilities. That this could be. I wonder. Yeah. Inspire others. Any other questions? <laughs> so, we've got a few minutes left. Is there, was, there, was there any more? Okay. Okay. So, what have we got to? We need a vision for an area. We've talked quite a lot about serving our leaders, praying for them. We've talked quite a bit about developing a prayer strategy, you know, and... Who's going to step up and develop more of that prayer strategy? We've got prayer warriors here already doing things here. Yeah? How might we serve our leaders and submit words to them and be inspired? Be inspired by God and share that inspiration here. Yeah? You know, leaders are not perfect, but we can. So we can go and ask them, "What do you want prayer for? How can we support you? Is there something I can be praying into?" Um, and, and we need that unity, and that will, that unity will challenge, remember our thinking when we get together, it will be a challenge, because yeah, this meeting does not look like anybody's in this place, so it deals with our selfishness and pride, yeah, so what those characters are being dealt with, okay, so should we pray, yeah, sounds like a good idea, we pray for the next few minutes, yeah, should we, um, how should we do this, we can do this all together or in small groups, has anybody got any ideas how they want to do it? Uh, Let's just do it round tables. Oh, mix, mix, get up and move. Let's be bold. Find some different people. Uh, You're allowed no more than five in your group, okay? If you have more people in your group than fingers on your hand, you've got too many people. So move your chairs, okay, and go to a space and place where there's not more than five, okay? (laughs) We're very good at getting groups of ten and things like that. Get into groups of three, four, five, and let's just pray. Let's pray for this area. Yeah, let's pray pray for God's Word to be released. What is His Word? Yeah? Let's pray for the authority of God. Lord God, give us fresh levels of authority of who you are. Yeah? Let's pray for the influencers across the area. Let's pray for, pray for a fresh release of His power. 2 Chronicles 714. Let's be praying now. Surely the Lord does nothing without revealing His plans. Okay? So let's be praying. Jump into a group. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, folks. I I know it's one o'clock. I'm gonna honour time. Let's just wind down our praying and just I'll, I'll just finish praying. So, Heavenly Father, Almighty God, everlasting Father you love Teesside. Lord, it's one of your favorite places on this planet along with everywhere else. You're able to have favorites all over. Father, you love all of the folks on Teesside. You know its history, you know its past, you know its present, you know its future. Father, raise up a better word for Teesside. Instill it, Father, within the hearts and minds of and voices of Your people. Father, raise up fresh watchmen and prayers, O God, who will turn to You, Father, like Isaiah 62, Father, be watchmen on the walls of this area, O God, the watchmen on the walls, the gates, the streets, the towers in Scripture. Raise them up, O God, stir them up now even more, Father. Holy Spirit, we're asking You, Father, to birth something afresh, Father. Be birthing that through prayers and intercessors, Father. We bless, O oh God, side. We release blessing onto side, O oh God. Lord, we're Your church, Lord, for the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing, Father, through Your believers, O oh God. So, Holy Spirit, raise up a remnant, Father, want to come together, Father, and operate together. Bring Word and Spirit together, Father. We bless, oh God, each congregation, Father, each gathering of Your people, oh God, across this area, oh God, every single leader and leadership group that's stepped up, oh God, we bless them in Jesus' mighty name, oh God, that You will do more than we can ask or imagine in them, through them, with them, oh God. Give them fresh vision, Father, or we break those things, Father, that are holding them back, Father, like, in family issues, the enemy perhaps you're coming against, or marriage, Father, or health issues, or finance, or oh God, or travel issues. We want to break those in Jesus' name, Father, because, Lord, where two or three are gathered, you're in the midst, Father, and you, you bring us together in unity, Father. So, Holy Spirit, inspire us, inspire us. We need a fresh encounter with you, Father, to go forward in your presence and your power, making us more like Jesus on the way. making Teesside more like Jesus. So, Holy Spirit, open our eyes, open our ears, and open our voices in Jesus' name. Amen.